Hello, and welcome to Makers.dev episode, as my Midwestern grandmother would say, farty far. Chris, hello. Uh, hello. I'm greeting you from the same continent this time, and I'm very excited to be home. Yes, same continent. The lag is noticeably improved, so that is great. <laughs> yes. Also, the internet here, so good. Oh, can I just, I just need to take a second. I love being home. I, all of my stuff is here. I have a washer. I have a dryer. I, I know where my food is coming from. I've got all these systems in place for getting stuff done. Like, travel is fun and also exhausting and I forget that when I'm home, like it gets boring after a while and I'm like, ah, I have the thirst for adventure and I want to go off and explore new lands. And then I do that. And then a couple of weeks into it, I'm like, I miss all the things from being at home. And I'm sure a couple of weeks from now, I'm going to be looking wistfully at my photos of the vacation to be like, ah, I wish I was back in Rome. That was so much fun. And uh, I would like to work on appreciating the place that I am because there are benefits to wherever I happen to be and I don't need things to be different at all from how they are right now to be enjoying life yeah I was reading once somewhere about how people always try to plan vacations for the longest possible time but if you actually plan it for like a day or two shorter than you think it should be then when you get to the end you're like oh I wish I had more vacation and then you can think fondly on that instead mm. of like oh I'm sick of being away from home you know uh, okay. yeah, I don't know a month was a month was a long time for for Europe though. I don't know of any other way to do it because I lose like I don't know, two or three days on either end of jet lag of just not completely, but I, I feel unfunctional. It's it's a solid twenty hours to do the travel, and then uh, the next day I'm, I'm feeling super groggy, and really the only thing I can functionally do is get to the place where I'm staying and feed myself and go to bed, and. Uh, so with, with a four-day transition cost of anything happening uh, in Europe, I, I felt a higher pressure to combine a bunch of things all at once. Um, so I don't know what to do for next time, I think. I think it was actually fine. I, I got some work done and was able to do the conference. And uh, maybe maybe if I changed anything, it would be to, to have a little bit more chill time of... I, I really just had like one week in Rome that I was able to be in the same place consistently with a place that had a washer <laughs> laundry is so hard to do if you don't have a washer like in your place you gotta go there and get coins and a local currency and cart your stuff and it's gonna be a 20 minute walk or you gotta figure out how the, bu how the buses work like what a luxury just <laughs> you just have a hamper in your room and you when that gets full you take it and dump it in the laundry room 20 steps away and then you forget about it and then have to run it again the next day but it's fine because who cares and then you put it in the dryer and it's done oh it's amazing modern modern miracle uh i love it so uh i think if i changed anything it would just be like being in the same place uh for another week that was a place that, that wasn't exciting uh to to be able to do more work but other than that it was a it was a good trip i learned more about myself and the world yeah sounds good Cool. What did you get up to this last week? Uh, so I did uh, some of my masters, um, same the CUDA lab. Uh, I can now program up and down in CUDA. So <laughs> that's a new skill I have, which is kind of neat. Um, and then I also did a lot of thinking after, after last week's episode about, you know, so last week we talked about focus and should we focus and on what? And, you know, do I refocus on any place? Do I start a new product? Do I just do my masters for a while? Um, so yeah, that's, I kind of did some thinking this week. I also thought a lot about that framework of an experiment. I think our brains work very similarly in, in this way that they're sort of maximized for novelty and exploration. And so I think both of us see, uh, an outsized return from external systems, like codifying all the different options that we have and, and weighing them in some external way and then using that to, to choose uh, what we're doing. So uh, I also have a bunch of stuff to, to talk about from that. Uh, but I'm curious how you're thinking about the different options of things to focus on that, that popped up. Yeah. So uh, I actually did one of the experiments that we talked about as part of that thinking process. Um, I said I wanted to cold email 10 people to try to talk to them about, um, you know, creating content and stuff. That is one of the ideas I'm exploring, right? How to use AI to direct what content you're creating for like a say a company blog um and so i did that and i talked to some people and that was really cool um i 
didn't want to do the whole like get on zoom and stuff i didn't have enough time to do that this week but i i talked to them not with a product in mind just generally um being interested about how they create content for their company blogs um the way i found them was it's funny there's so many people in the world that write for the company blogs but when you actually have to sit down and like make a list of them um it's kind of (laughs) tricky So I actually went to a few conference pages that I was looking at and I went to all the sponsors and went to their blogs and then contacted the authors. Um, and I just asked questions, uh, in, I used LinkedIn and Twitter to to contact them and just asked some questions about like how they generated content ideas and stuff. Um, and I actually had some really interesting conversations just about how they, you know, did content generation. Um, almost everyone just thinks of an idea and writes it. (laughs) That's what I got. And so I was trying to figure out if they had any tools, right? if they used anything um, like Ahrefs is probably the biggest content tool, you know, keyword planning tool out there. But mm-hmm. uh, most people for techno- techn- technology blogs anyway, think about what they want to write and just write it. Um, mm-hmm. But I did, I did my experiment and uh, I, you know, I wrote, so my experiment was, can I contact 10 people? And success was I contacted 10 people. And so success. Ah, <laughs> congratulations. <laughs> successful yeah, yeah. experiment. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that, that's what I did uh, as part of that process. It's so funny to me that their method is just think of an idea and then write it. It's, uh, I guess that's sort of how an AI would do it too, right? Like, yeah, it, it doesn't know how it's writing the article. It just gets the idea from somewhere deep in its artificial neurons and then uh, writes a writes a post about it. Um, okay, so uh, to 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 recap my understanding of your idea from last week, uh, this this could be a tool for. Uh, generating content for a business blog that's doing some keyword research it it scans your website so for file inbox you would you would scan my website and my existing articles and see oh this has something to do with files and uh transferring files and you take that information and do some seo keyword search ranking magic to figure out oh here's here's a big topic here's here's uh, you know all of the content on christian's blog lit up this set of neurons and there's uh, five other neurons that aren't present on Christian's blog that uh, are really heavily lit up. So those are really good examples of articles he could write. And uh, so for me, that might be something like file conversions or how to send encrypted documents or something. And then you could go an extra step. So you're, you're suggesting what the keywords could be sort of as uh, Ahrefs or something else would do. But then you can also write a draft of the article for me. Uh, is that accurate? So sort of, I wouldn't go as far as to say a draft, um, because AI is actually really bad at drafts still. Um, Mm -hmm. and what I don't want, this gets, this is a little bit on the line. Like I I don't want an AI to flood, you know, content out and like, that's not, that's not the, right. That's not the purpose of what I'm trying to do. Uh, also because the quality, the art, the quality of the articles would be super low and bad. Um, but what I think it could be very useful for, yeah, exactly. So it scans your site. It says your site seems to be about this. Um, you are ranking for these keywords. You should be ranking for these other ones. Um, here are some example. I would probably go as far as post titles and maybe like an abstract or like key bullet points to hit. Mm. Um, but then you would actually be responsible for writing the article yourself. Yeah. And so the whole idea is you have a company blog or company pages, you know, you should be, you know, covering the right keywords so people can find you. And, uh, but sometimes it's hard to see that as a business owner. So this is basically like, Hey, you should write about this and you'll probably get more traffic. Um, and then the other part of it, and that's why it's not exactly focused yet. Cause the other part of it is like, once you write the articles, you could tweet about them at some schedule, you could use Instagram or whatever. You could create these ads for them. So it's like generating copy from your existing articles as well that you could tweet out or make oh, ads for, or that kind of stuff. Um, so it's, yeah, it's, it's trying to stay away from the spammy aspects of like using AI to generate content while also still being very valuable to a business owner. Like, you know, you have this real estate that is your blog. You should be using it for, for these things. So that's the, that's the idea. Cool. Okay. I, I, I misunderstood this idea when you uh, talked about it last week in uh, several ways. So you're, you're not generating AI drafts of the article, uh, right. which I'm very happy with, but you, you could use AI to condense the content into social media posts. So after I wrote the article, you could look at it and say, here, here are five example social media posts that with snazzy sort of clickbaity titles that might uh, be good for social media. And then right. in the future, that, that could be like an integration word, you know, one click import to buffer and uh, then that's queued up. Okay. Okay, cool. 
Uh, I'm really curious to learn more about your conversations with the 10 people that you cold called. First of all, great job. That's like the type of work that I struggle with the most because it seems so straightforward of like, oh yeah, just, just you know, reach out to people and talk to them. And that's what marketing is, Christian. You, <laughs> you built a thing that's valuable or, or you want to build a thing that's valuable. You want to build a thing that's the most valuable to this certain person. So they would love to talk to you. And then I just sort of leave it there. <laughs> Never actually talk to them. Uh, so good job doing the thing that's uh, uh, marketing work that's consistently difficult for me to do. Um, what's what's your read on if this is a thing that they would use? If if I'm a content creator and I, I go through this system of just coming up with an idea and then writing about it, I might feel like that's perfectly fine. What's what's your sales pitch to me about why I would need something like this to, to come up with content ideas? Yeah. So what I learned from that is that uh, technology blog people are a bad audience for this particular thing <laughs> okay. um, because universally they were just like, I, I just think of an idea and then just write about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so, I mean, that was the experiment was not, you know, does this support my hypothesis that this would be a good business? Uh, Cause yeah. it proved exactly the opposite. Uh, but the experiment was still success because yes. you know I, you contacted I did ten people, so right. Um, so yeah, yeah. I mean, what I learned from the experiment is uh, don't do this for for technology bloggers uh, because they don't they don't use tools. <laughs> At least the ten people I talked to, or I didn't talk to ten people, but yeah, the the I contacted ten people. The people I talked to don't use tools. Right, makes sense. Uh, what's the next step? You could do a second experiment with I don't know food bloggers. Uh, saying that i got a bad taste in my mouth <laughs> thinking yeah like the, the, the yeah. recipe sites where i'm just trying to figure out how long i need to hard boil an egg for dude i don't need to hear about the, <laughs> the egg salad you made that reminds you of home when you were growing up in massachusetts <laughs> oh god i have to scroll <laughs> there's like six ads oh, i yep. just need the one number i just need to know it's five minutes it's water to a boil you put it in for five minutes you take it out oh man sorry that triggered a <laughs> pocket of something that okay uh second experiment could be uh reaching out to a different type of blogger that's not a technology blogger uh what, what do you what do you think of your next steps yeah so this brought up a bunch of thoughts like that like who do i contact next if i think the idea is still good who do i you know and it brought up even more questions like so we talked about focus right what do i want to focus on and who do i want to so say this works i'm it's going to work for five or 10 years. Right. And I'm going to have to talk to these people for five or 10 years. Do I want to be talking to, you know, social media influencers yeah. for five years? Um, no. <laughs> so, uh, so it brought up a lot of questions about what to focus on. And just because, and it's exactly what you said last time, which is I was focusing on the tech first, um, mm. which is what we do, right? <laughs> yeah. We focus on the tech first and I was like, this is so cool. But if I have to actually think about who I would have to talk to in order to sell this, it's, it's probably not, you know, my ideal day. Yeah. And so, yeah, so I, what it led me to is I made thinking less about the idea and more about what I want to focus on. Right. And so I made a list, I made a list of things that I could be focusing on and that things was eight things long. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so I'm going to focus on eight things, Christian. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, can we, not. uh, <laughs> actually, you know, <laughs> par for the course for us. <laughs> narrowing down a list of only eight things to focus on that that might actually be a focus <laughs> but uh, uh i think there may be outsized gains to yes. perhaps uh focusing even more on <laughs> some of those eight things and yes. uh ignoring so, some of the others for now uh, let's dig into the list what, what else is on the list uh, well, so it's meeting place. It is, um, I don't have a list in front of me, but it is a, it's, it's like more videos. So I do more videos for Egghead, right? Uh, or, or my own sites. Um, I don't even remember the other two things <laughs> or the, the, the other six things. I mean, so this um, might actually be, I good. know. Yeah. 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 Uh, this, this, it's a cheap way to do this filtering. Uh, it, it might not be like entirely rigorous of, oh, build a decision matrix, but like, I think the fact that those two come most easily to mind is not something to be overlooked. There's a lot of mysterious processes going on in your subconscious of like the things that you are consistently thinking about. Uh, those resonate with me also, having talked to you over the past year-ish that we've been uh, doing this podcast, like Meeting Place has remained a, a project forefront on your brain. I, 
there's something there. Uh, I don't know if the something is like you need to definitively give it up or sell it on uh, a micro acquire or something, or if the thing is you see a lot more potential there than you realize and uh, you're just struggling with like how to push that forward. And then, yeah, videos for Egghead. That's a thing that you've done that's brought you a lot of success in the past. That's, uh, I think, a, a, you know, th your your audience on Twitter overlaps really well with the type of person who would be watching that content that I get. Uh, yeah, talk, I, I want to hear more about those two things. What <laughs> what are what are some experiments that you might do to push each of those uh, foci forward? Yeah, so intellectually, I agree that I should focus on those two things. And for some reason, emotionally, I'm like, why? <laughs> why am I having such trouble? Um, so, I mean, Egghead would be like, just continue continue what I'm doing. I haven't done one for a while, but um, I enjoy it when I do it and I make money from it. So that would be, I even have the next, like I've talked with them about the next couple of things that I should do videos on. So like planning time in my schedule to actually do videos is probably the next, you know, like the experiment would be, just spend two hours a day on it for the next four days, right? Do that. Or five days, whatever. For Meeting Place, so Meeting Place is a little bit trickier. I One of the reasons I struggle to work on it is some technical debt makes it a little painful to work on in some ways. Um, and then there are a couple other things. So what I need to do is probably the same thing. Plan time to fix a couple of the things that I know are preventing me from being excited about working on it. Mm -hmm. um, and after that happens, like after I just get back on the flow of it and after those few, like I have to force myself to do a few things after that, I'm pretty sure I will be able to work on some of the stuff I know is higher value. So, um, those are probably the two things that I have to do to, yeah, to move forward on those two projects. I'd love to talk about the, the emotional hangups in that. Cause that's, that's also something that I struggle with that I, I can't quite put my finger on, but like, so Everything you just said sounds so reasonable. That sounds like, yes, of course, making videos for Egghead. Uh, we've determined that's one of the things you want to be focused on. What would pushing that forward look like? Well, it would look like spending two hours a day on it, uh, thinking of new content ideas or, or recording videos. Like, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Uh, same with Meeting Place, the, the being held back by painful technical debt. Okay, well, getting rid of the technical debt, planning how you could fix the things that are preventing you from being excited to work on it. Like, that's the way to push that forward. And for me, when I, for me getting to that point, it, it seems to me like, okay, we've solved the problem. I have the plan now. I know what the next step forward is. And what inevitably happens is I spend, you know, the next 30 episodes just, just talking about how I'm going <laughs> to recode file inbox and, and make yep, it serverless. Yep. Uh, when, you know, if, if I took all the time that I spent just on this podcast talking about how the next most important thing to do in file inbox that makes the most sense is to make it serverless. If I, if I took that time and pushed it all together and instead devoted that time to actually making it serverless, it would be done. <laughs> I would, like, so um, I'm curious about this new framework of, of uh, framing things as experiments because that, that feels like it, it might be a tactic to sort of feel out like, okay, I've really dug into exactly how much time I think this is going to take and what success would look like so I can celebrate when I get there. And it's not just this constantly moving goalpost and uh, any other, any other things that we need to just pin, uh, pin down. It feels like a, a good method of feeling out like, okay, where, where are the bad feelings in this? Where are the obstacles that, uh, that would, would stop me from doing this? Uh, so I, I also want to talk about this with file inbox, but while we're, uh, while we're on meeting place, I'd, I'd love to feel that out more. Like, I'm not quite sure what to ask. Like, so I, I, I totally agree. And I think the experiment way is a great way to go about it because specifically, so last week after the call, I wrote down the experiment that I was going to contact 10 people. Right. Yeah. I got two people in and said, this is dumb. I don't want to do this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, but I had written down that I was going to do it. So I did yeah. it. Cause I knew I was going to have to come and talk with the, you know, and talk <laughs> about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so if I wouldn't have done the experiment thing, first of all, I probably would have contacted zero people. Yeah. And even if I started contacting people, I would have contacted two and then given up. Yeah. And so I think my takeaway from this can't be to spend two hours a day on making egghead videos. It has to be write an experiment for the next week related yeah. to egghead videos. And I sit down and I write the thing and I have to decide while writing, you know, so, so my takeaway yeah. from this, this point is just write the experiment. Okay. And after the experiment's written, 
that's the decision yeah. i like that that feels good and then you can choose after the experiment's written like do i actually want to spend my time in this way um okay that that might be a place where i'm also missing the loop is like it's not enough to just figure out what the next step is i need to i need to push one step further and like evaluate okay but do i even want to be moving in this direction and and frame out just a little bit more spending my time in this way success would would look like this uh could we do that right now could we frame out an experiment for you for pushing forward videos on egghead so we we could my my fear is that i can't think freely enough in the time constraints we have here that it would you know tell me right yeah i think the experiment is uh spend two hours so the other thing about experiments um so this is important for anyone listening who wants to do it too you should focus on things that you can do not outcomes that you can have so mm. the thing i can do for, so for contacting 10 people it was i contacted 10 people like that's the experiment to contact 10 people it's not to have 10 conversations because that might mean contact 10 people or it might mean contact a thousand and you mm. can't control that and so so that's feels a lot worse mm. so focus on things you can control so my control would be spend two hours a day for five days right yep. um so that's my that's my current idea, but I have to think through, you know, exactly what that means for my life and schedule and stuff. Cool. But, yeah. I like that. I'm reminded of uh, James Clear's book, Atomic Habits, talking about how uh, when you're when you're forming a new habit, it, it can't be outcome driven. It has to be just like what can you actually yeah. control. Um, and I think that I think that hypothesis part of an experiment of like what you expect to happen is where you can put the the external outcome that you're expecting. Yeah. Uh, but you know the experiment can still be successful if your hypothesis is disproven. Uh, if, if you, for for the experiment you did last week of contacting ten people, like the 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 procedure was, I'm going to contact ten people, and perhaps your hypothesis was, I think I can get three of them on the phone, and then when you actually do it, it turns out oh I could only get two people on the phone. Well, you still did the experiment, so points for doing the experiment. You did the you did the work. You put in the input of like. If I contact 10 people, then I expect to get three people to contact me. So you did the 10 people. Uh, and then now you now you have a better model of reality of like, if you did this type of experiment again, you would have a better idea of what input would get what output. Um, but yes, very good point. Like focus on, on what you can actually physically do. Um, cool. Okay. Uh, is it the same with Meeting Place or for making an, ex- an experiment with Meeting Place of uh, removing some of that technical debt? Yeah, I'd have to think about that. Um, okay. I'd have to think more about that because it's probably not just a time thing. I mean, I could just do time things, but I feel I also like hate tracking my time. And so like, I, I hate saying I'm going to spend two hours on something because I'm like, oh, that's a, that's a silly way to <laughs> divide up things. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll think more about what that experiment is. We should talk more about tracking time because I love tracking. I know time. this is where you and I differ a lot. I absolutely hate it. Yeah. Yeah. Why do you yeah, hate yeah. it? I'm I'm curious about that. What's, I what's don't. I don't. Huh. I don't know. So okay, I will say I hate I hate it when I'm reporting it to other people. Right. So anytime yes. I have to track time and report it to other people, that's yeah, when yeah. I'm just like, who? <laughs> oh, for sure. Um, yeah. But I've never tried tracking it for myself, so maybe that's the difference. Um, yeah. I'm not sure. Okay. I'd like to nudge you a little bit. Uh, I also really resented when I had to track my time for other people. It felt so arbitrary. And (laughs) I just came up with all these reasons why it was dumb and how they should instead be evaluating me based on my performance. And it is a completely different experience doing it for myself because now it's like this optimization game of, ooh, I I spent this much time editing the podcast last week. Let me see if I can beat that this week. And ooh, I spent this much time on YouTube last week. Let me see if I can uh, cut that in half this next week. Uh, it's it's really valuable metrics. That's of all the of all the tracking I do of like Fitbit data and uh, sleep data. That's what I'm consistently getting the most valuable insights out of. Um, and I don't know if that's just a phase, but I'd, uh, yeah, that's my nudge. I think it could potentially be uh, very useful. And if you'd like to get set up on a time tracking platform that uh, <laughs> I hear is excellent, you could try. <laughs> midnight.f i'm uh, very good friends with the developer and he'd love to get you onboarded uh cool okay uh is it my turn to talk about experiments yes so i think i think i'm going to my takeaway from this call is i'm going to write down two experiments one for meeting place one for egghead 
right after this call. Um, and that's the only thing I'm promising is I'm going to write down those experiments. That sounds great. I'm excited to talk about those next week. Um, I had wanted to come to this call with a menu of experiments that you could choose from showing you like, ah, I put all this work into doing the experiments and they all have titles and due dates and expectations. And uh, I don't have that because traveling across the ocean was exhausting. That was so much. I was, I tracked my time uh, to the second for all my travel. And I was, I was in the task of traveling by plane for 22 hours straight uh Oof. including like leaving my hotel room and uh to, to the moment i got back uh that sounds hypocritical that i just sort of estimated that fish a number of hours i haven't actually looked at the amount of time uh <laughs> but i could i could tell you i could tell you exactly how much time it was but it was about 22 hours uh just exhausting and through multiple countries so uh and have grace with myself like that's that's okay uh, it's it's enough that I just like got home safely and, and well slept and have fed myself. Uh, but what I was just percolating on the whole time is like two things. The first is I would love to codify exactly what an experiment is. Uh, and I had several ideas of like, oh, part of an experiment could be the amount of time that you think it's going to take you. And then you could update that time as you go through the experiment. And then you could see a little graph of like, oh, initially I thought this was going to take me three hours. And then I thought it was going to take me six hours. And then I thought it was going to take me 12 hours. And then I thought it was going to take me 13 hours. And then it took me 14 hours. That The shape of that graph is going to be so interesting to me because I perpetually uh, uh, underestimate the amount of time something's going to take. And that, that feels like a it could be a superpower if I go through like 10 of these experiments and realize, oh, the graph looks the same every time I do it. I, I underestimate by about a factor of four. Uh, and then my estimate of it when I'm like 70% through is, is pretty accurate or whatever the, the shape of the graph uh, is going to be. So that was uh, the, the first thing I wanted to talk about. It's just like what, while, while we're in this mode of codifying what an experiment is, I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts on what the attributes of an experiment are if, if we were making this into a Rails app. Not that I'm going to. <laughs> I'm not, I, don't, I don't need to. <laughs> But I might uh, make this into an app and buy another domain name and set up another thing. Uh, I'm going to. Who? <laughs> I can't trick myself anymore. Um, what What might the attributes of like what you want to track uh, in an experiment be? Like, obviously, it's going to have a title. Uh, it's going to have a I don't know a method of like uh, the 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 input of work that you need to do. And then that method is going to have a time estimate and that time estimate can be an array of times with a timestamp of every time you made an estimate. Uh, what, what are some other things that you think makes sense to have in this model of work? Yeah. So first of all, it's hilarious that you're going to distract yourself by writing, <laughs> <laughs> writing an app or, so or recording time. <laughs> oh my um, God. Separate from that. Uh, <laughs> so the things I wrote down were, um, I didn't write down a title because it's not an app, it's just a piece of paper. I wrote down um, I wrote down what I was going to do, so what I could actually control. So, yes. you know, contact 10 people. That's what I control. Uh, I wrote down a hypothesis, which was actually not about how many people would contact me back, although looking back, that probably should have been it. But it was more about, like, what they were going to say, what I thought they were going to say. Mm. Um, so it's kind of like there could be multiple hypotheses. Multiple hypo hypotheses? Hypotheses? <laughs> hypotheses? Yeah. Um, or, or it could just all be one big one, right? Uh, and then uh, the two things after are um, like like what went well and what went badly. Or no, sorry, before before you write what does failure look like and what does success look like. So you have to write those before you do it, and then after you do it, you you know do a retrospective about what went well and what went poorly, based on your success and failure criteria. So um, yeah, so beforehand you write what does good and bad look like, and then afterwards you say what the outcome was based on what good and bad looks like hmm. for your cold calling people what what does failure and success look like just like did you do the work of contacting 10 people okay yeah failure was did i contact 10 people yeah cool. and success okay. was i contacted 10 people so um, and, and, I, and then i guess there's a separate like results section which is like what you learned based on all that so that's separate from 
did the experiment fail or was it a success? Mm. Yeah, and that, that might surprise you. Uh, yeah. Because going into the experiment, I, I imagine you weren't thinking that you may have learned that you don't even want to be contacting uh, bloggers, that that's not a, a valuable audience. Yeah, that was kind of like something I learned based on thinking about it after the fact. And then, yeah, it's like, if these technology people don't actually want to use this, then who would probably like social media managers maybe, and I can do a whole other experiment for that. Or I could just say, I don't really want to be talking to a bunch of social media managers for my whole life. So yeah. Social media managers. Uh, What went well and what went poorly? I would say one of the things that went well is like you were able to contact 10 people. You uh, figured out a, a method to do that and, pushed past the resistance after the second person to, to reach out to the, the other eight. Um, I would say also something that, that sounds like it went well was you were actually able to, to talk to several of them, uh, yeah. which is really cool. Knowing that you can do that, knowing that like you can't just pick an arbitrary group of people and you have a method now of being able to, to get them on the phone. Did you, did you video chat them or just over email? No, it was all back and forth on Twitter DMs or LinkedIn messages. Okay. Yeah. I didn't have the time to, I, I normally would have got, tried to get them on zoom or something, but I didn't have the time to do that. So, yeah, I think that also made more of them actually able to talk to me because I didn't ask for a Zoom call or anything. I just asked, you know, like, how do they get ideas and do they use any tools? Yeah, yeah. That's basically all I asked. Cool. Yeah, that, that feels like an easier ask. Okay, yeah, so that that seems like it went well that, like, you you have that in your pocket now of a method that you can use to contact anyone on Twitter, which is a lot of people. Uh, what else do you feel like went well uh, and what do you feel like went poorly? Um I mean, that was, that was pretty much it. Everything else sort of, but I will say the experiment was a success, right? But yes. it, uh, it was sad that the, the, you know, what I, what I thought was true, which was like people, people are interested in using, you know, I guess my hypothesis is that people would be interested in using tools to, you know, generate content ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, I don't think that's true anymore. Um, at least mm-hmm. for those, you know, I, I think I talked to I don't know, five or six people total. Cool. So out of the 10, um, so for all of them, yeah, it was just like, uh, I just think about ideas and, and you know, yeah. I, or uh, I keep a big list of ideas and I pick from them, you know, yeah, that yeah. was very common. Um, but you don't need a tool to do that. That's just like notepad, right? Yeah. So, man, how much better is this from a business perspective than investing all the time to make this and then finding out, oh, not only are people not actually interested in this, but I don't like interacting with the people that this is for like <laughs> right you were able to find that out so much faster um and if you built it like you're in a position where just the the act of building it would be useful that that wouldn't have been wasted time from like a learning or, or technological perspective um but i think when you when you brought this up initially it was in the context of like wanting to refocus on products and uh yeah wanting to to make more of like a micro comfy business and so uh, it sounds like you were able to, to clarify for yourself that this is not uh, not the not the highest yield place to be focusing on from a business perspective, and you were able to do that in uh, a couple of Twitter DMs and reaching out to ten people. So, yeah, I'd say that's a that's a huge success. Experimented yeah. with a new place to be building a business and determined that no, that's not the place to push forward. No. And to be clear, I have nothing against social media managers. I just do not speak the same language as them most of the time, right? So it's just, it'd be totally, like, not my wheelhouse to talk to them. Yeah. To be clear, I have something against social No, <laughs> they're fine. I'm, I'm sure they're, they're perfectly fine people. Uh, cool. Um, okay. That that sounds good. Um, I'm really obsessed with this idea of a graph over time of the estimated time. That feels like it would solve the problem. I've been but I'm, I'm not going to focus on that. Okay, so uh, that feels good. That feels like a, a good MVP of like the the format of what an experiment looks like. Uh, most important part being like the 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 steps of how to perform the experiment need to be something that I am in uh, control of. So not like get this many people on the phone, but send messages to this number of people. Um, or I guess if I wanted to make it a bit harsher, I, I could say just like keep messaging people until you've gotten this many people through the funnel. That that wouldn't be completely unreasonable. Yeah, as long as your success and criteria don't or your. Oh, the other thing I included was a time limit. I said mm-hmm. I actually said by the end of the day I will contact ten people, and that forced oh, me to like do that. it. Um, 
but if you do more of the like i will get 10 people to respond to me then you have to like it's like an open-ended one so i i think both would be okay but the time limit really helped me like do it because it was after our call and i was like i'm gonna by the end of the day i gotta contact 10 people yeah yeah so so i did um the other thing i would say is if you think you are obsessed about a graph of of how expectations change over time what is an experiment you can run for that um so i'm thinking Uh, like don't make a rails app don't make a rails app you know say you will for the next experiment you do you will record your time on a piece of paper um and then at the end you can make a graph in excel if you want and uh see how you you know the success and failure would be you know like how do you feel basically about seeing that graph like when you see it maybe you're like oh this is dumb i don't want to do it or maybe you're like that was really motivating that makes so much more sense that would be so much less work (laughs) so ah i just want to buy another domain name chris (laughs) It could be experiments.app.dev. I'm sure it could. Uh, okay. No, I'm not going to do that. Uh, and one of our listeners is going to snipe a perfect domain name from me. And I'm going to be sad. It's fine. Uh, it's fine. Uh, okay, cool. Um, that's the first part. So the second part is I had a bunch of ideas percolating for potential experiments I could be running on File Inbox. And I'm not quite sure why. Like, I'm working on so many things. I don't know why I was only thinking about file inbox for for some reason. After getting back from microconf, I I have periods of like refocusing on that business for uh, another month or two, and uh, it, it might be because that's like the most financially successful thing that I've done so far. And when I'm listening to the talks, that's that's the business that I can directly apply all the advice to. When people are talking about like ah blogging for a business and here's how to maximize SEO, like that's that's the project that's the only project i have that that would actually make sense uh to do because that's that's the only thing well it's not the only thing i'm making money from that's 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 like the traditional software as a service thing that i have that i can apply things for uh yes so here are some ideas i have for experiments that i could be running on file inbox uh first i have this broad category of i could be doing app integrations on different stores uh i like wordpress i talked with jordan gall a few months ago and he was like ah you could do this on uh shopify or docusign uh or big commerce or uh, woocommerce uh these these e-commerce platforms where i'm sure something in that uh people are going to need to be uh getting files um squarespace also i think has a plugin system i'm not i'm not sure uh, that's something that I see a lot of people currently on file inbox doing, uh, just any, any sort of like generic website builder. So there's, that, that's a big pocket of things, but the, the overall experiment might look something like, uh, sort, do, do a rough sort of like this, this is probably going to be a high yield platform to be integrating on. Uh, the work is make a plugin, get your plugin on their app store and, uh i i would expect to see i don't know if i was getting like if i was getting like one new user per week from that i think that would be a positive roi uh and that would if i got that like i think it would make sense to do you know 20 more of those um and now i'm getting 20 new customers a week and now i'm rolling in the dough and then i'd buy a cyber truck for all my friends uh and then have my have my uh have my microcom talk with the graph going up to the right behind me that's <laughs> that's what i want that's that's the thing i'm going to be focused on uh so that, that's that's the first category of experiments um and then i have a category of things that are like things i know i should do that i feel like have been blocking me and that's like recoding this to be serverless uh and like before i do that even fixing oauth with dropbox i'm actually i'm embarrassed to say this i'm not even sure if the dropbox uh, oh, it's broken right now. I, I haven't uh, dug in to, to fix that. Um, I love how you phrased that earlier, talking about, oh, where, where did I put this? You uh, have painful technical debt, uh, and you need to fix a couple things that are preventing you from being excited to work on it. When you said that, I was like, oh my gosh, that's, that's exactly how I'm framing what uh, recoding this and, and making it serverless would be, because there are so many things and my God, most of this code base is I think seven or eight years old now. And 
I didn't know anything seven or eight years ago in good software design. And uh, there's models there that just don't make sense and flows of things that don't make sense. And I, I have three different database services I'm using and uh, four different cloud providers for different things. And uh, if, if I could consolidate all of that into, okay, I don't need Redis and Postgres because Firestore has this real-time built-in queuing system. I can just be using Firestore and I don't need to, need to be worried about upgrading to a, a higher tier for these VPSs or for the database because everything is just auto-scaling. Uh, so that's that's the second category of thing, of experiment to, to be running. But I, uh, no, I, I would like to frame that as an experiment because I think I think the hypothesis there is something like by investing the time in fixing this code base, I'm going to feel more excited about working on it. Um, hmm. I'll, I'll stop there and get your thoughts because uh, I've, I've said a lot of words. Uh, what, what are your thoughts so far on these two broad categories of potential experiments? Sure. So I have thoughts about them. Some of the things I'm about to say are exactly opposite of what I said to myself earlier. And so oh. this is, <laughs> you're, you're, you're getting what I tell other people instead of tell myself. Um, <laughs> the, the good advice. That's right. Uh, for the integrations one, um, uh, I think this is a great direction that you could take it. I, your, However, your experiments were very big. So your experiments, I heard, were like make an integration for a specific, you know, for, for, for many different things. Yeah. Um, and the integration could take weeks, right? Like um, maybe not, but, but sounds like it could. Mm -hmm. So I would challenge you to try to find a smaller experiment. So for example, like instead of making the integration, maybe talk to someone who has done that integration before to sort of see how hard it is and how valuable it was. Mm. Um, so like for each of the things you're considering, like try to talk to someone who has done that integration for their app and just get a bunch of information about it. Um, that'd probably be the first thing that I would try to do. And then the next thing would be to try to just do one of them. So after those conversations, pick one of them. And then the experiment is I make this integration and see how it goes, right? Mm. And run it for two months or something and see how many new customers I get. Um, so that's probably what I would do instead of like thinking about, I need to do 20 integrations. You know, I, I just need to talk to 10 or 20 people and then do one. That sounds more, uh, this is better to me mm. for the tech debt one. Oh, go ahead. That's great advice. That's yeah. That, my, I think my impulse in these sorts of things is like, how can I push this business forward with more code? Uh, but yeah, I, I, if, if I could just talk to someone who had done an integration on one of these platforms before I have a dozen questions I would ask them about like what does traffic look like and what what do better performing plugins on the site look like and how difficult was it to, to do it and how much of a pain is the platform and uh, yeah if, if I just have a conversation like that with I don't know 10 people and sort of sprinkle around the different uh, the different stores oh there's two people I met at MicroConf Europe who were doing this that's going to be so easy to do. Yeah, I'm just going to save them for, for a call. Okay, perfect. Yeah, yeah. Okay, good good impulse. Pushing me away from code and towards talking to people. That's probably always going to be good advice for me. Thank you. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, okay. Technically that. Uh, for the tech that one, so I remember telling you several episodes ago that if you are not excited about the code base, then you should just fix it, and then you'll be excited about it again. And yeah. as far as I can tell, you didn't fix it. So <laughs> the experiment was you are going to fix it, and the uh, failure. So, so now what is a new experiment? Um, it could be hours, like, you know, like, like dedicate some number of hours to the tech debt. It could be, it could be just like make a list, make a list of everything you want to change about the thing and not mm. convert it to server list, but like, I'm going to do all these things and then pick, you know, one thing off the list. Um, I don't know. I, I have less, less advice here because I am the same way. Like I have some tech debt in media place. It makes me not super excited to work about work on it. Mm. The answer is to fix it, but I don't, I'm not excited to fix it. So I don't, right? Um, so I have less in advice here because I'm struggling with the same thing, but those are my ideas. A minimum amount of time makes sense to me. Something I've found in this sort of thing is like, if I just get started, that's the hardest part. If I, if I sit down and set a Pomodoro timer and say, okay, for the next 25 minutes, I'm going to work on cleaning up this code base and uh, or, or working on this uh, the serverless code base to to get feature parity. The hardest part is just getting in my chair and setting the timer. And once I do that, I can get in flow really quickly. 
and thinking through what the work is going to look like. It's you know I'm going to be I'm going to be fixing so many problems all at the same time that have just been plaguing me for so many years. And I'm going to be doing it on this platform that I'm really excited about. It's going to be in React. It's going to be on Tailwind. It's going to be on Firebase. Like these are really exciting platforms for me. And uh, it, it's it's going to be work that I feel like only I could do. Uh, other developers could do it, but like I've been entrenched in this world for so long and solving this problem for so long that I know what all the edge cases are. That like to to sit down and actually do this as quickly as I'm thinking I'm probably going to be able to do it, uh, <laughs> it is going to feel really good. Um, So maybe the experiment is just like I have a I have an ambitious uh, timeline of how quickly I think I could do this in my head. So you saying limiting it to time is resonating with me. I, I feel like I could just if I set the experiment as something like uh, I, I can get to this benchmark in ten hours of work. I think that would be reasonable and motivating enough to actually do the work uh that 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 feels like a good step forward um that i've been harping on for so long it just feels like i need to i need to do it um i'm not sure if the if the framework of doing it as an experiment is is going to make sense yeah that makes sense um the other thing i was going to say which i forgot which is exactly opposite of, of what i told myself is oh you already have people paying you and yeah. so this tech debt thing is really not holding your business back uh yeah. you need to do more marketing <laughs> So, yes, that's the other thing I was going to say. So that's actually uh, the third category of experiment. Uh, at Rob Walling's talk at MicroConf, he quoted one of his slides was a, a quote from Traction by Justin Morris, um, which was all of the different marketing channels on one slide that you can use as a SaaS. And Rob was like, yeah, I've been thinking about this for a long time, and I think this is all of them. Uh, and I took a picture of it and wrote it down and, uh, I think I want to just run through those quickly with you. So the, as, as category number three experiments I'm looking for in this category are like, this is a, uh, here's a marketing channel that you've been under investing in that would make a lot of sense to put more energy in. Uh, because it's it's unexplored, um, and one of the the, the talk by uh, the the Veed guy at Microconf, uh, I think I mentioned this on the last podcast, but his his framing of things seemed to be you only really need one channel that works, and then mm -hmm. once you find the one marketing channel that works, just throw everything you can at that one channel. Um, so yeah, let's let's run down these really quick, and uh, I, I just want to get your feedback on like if one of them sticks out to you as a place that I could be investing more time or, or running more experiments. Uh, first one's SEO. File Inbox does pretty well on SEO right now. They, uh, the, I accidentally did something really clever in SEO by uh, the embed code embeds a link in other people's web pages. So I have a whole bunch of backlinks. So uh, I feel like investments in SEO are outsized. I sort of tried to do that with audience ops, but I wasn't enjoying their content. Uh, I think what that might look like is making more pages, doing some more keyword research for like what are people Googling and just make a make a web page and a video tutorial for every topic that is remotely related to, uh, to file sending or uh, receiving files. Next one is cold calling. I hate that. I, the idea of cold calling just sends cold, shivers down my spine uh it feels smarmy feels like what do i even say when i get someone on the phone like hello buy my thing <laughs> uh that it just makes me feel uncomfortable uh display ads is something i'm interested in uh maybe maybe advertising on forums or uh i bought google ads for a little while but that didn't feel like it was converting really well i have numbers on those that i might uh go on uh, viral marketing feels like it would be difficult to do. I'm not sure what viral marketing, like, what what kind of viral marketing could I do for file transfers? Um, cold email also feels gross in the same way that cold calling uh, feels. Affiliates are interesting because affiliates are something that I feel like would be easy to implement technically, uh, but I don't know who would be doing affiliate marketing for me. Uh, that 
that's not quite fitting. AdWords. Oh, he listed AdWords as a separate one. Uh, I, I like that together with display ads. What's the difference between AdWords and display ads? Is AdWords like a SEO? I don't know. Display ads, does he mean like... So AdWords is specifically someone searching for it in Google. Maybe display ads are like, it shows up in your Twitter feed. Like, Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay, so AdWords would be like search searching uh advertisements and the display ads are like on a on a website okay okay uh so i've, I've tried adwords uh it feels like it's not working uh display ads I, I feel like i could push forward uh one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven i have 11 more uh do you want to do you want to pause now or should i keep pushing through go for it we're going for it offline events is the next one i don't like the idea of that i also don't <laughs> i don't know what a compelling Oh, I guess I don't have to host the online event. I could like go to a conference or something, but I don't know who I'm going to a conference for for file inbox. That's a that's a very horizontal product, so that that doesn't feel like something I could do. Facebook ads are interesting. I have the Facebook Pixel embedded. I have uh oh, you know what? Now that I've been doing more video content and that I'm I'm more comfortable doing videos, that feels like something I could be pushing forward more. If I that is something I'd like to experiment. Can I can I can I do a Facebook ad with a video uh, and make that work? Uh, next one is PR. That feels gross. Having people like write blog posts about me, I think is what that means. Uh, I guess I don't know a lot about PR, but I don't I don't like that. Uh, next one is joint ventures. I'm not even sure what that would look like. Uh, maybe if I partner with someone else who has something in a similar space, or if I, that, that might look like, partnering with consultancies who build people's websites and they're helping me to they they sell my product as a bundle of their package that feels hazier um offline ads is the next one that the idea of having a billboard feels cool uh <laughs> or or like a magazine ad oh a magazine ad is interesting uh maybe like a magazine ad for I don't know, sign printers or accountants or something. That that might be informed just by talking to more people and understanding where they're getting new information from. Uh, next one is business development, and I don't understand what that means. I think business development is like a generic term for a lot of the other things we've talked about here. Do you know what that is? Yeah, it's, I'm, it's basically talking to other businesses and seeing how... I don't know really the difference between that and integration with like other businesses, but business, business development is usually big companies talking to you to see if they want to acquire you. That's like mm. usually how that goes, but it could be like big companies like reselling your service or, or something like that. Um, maybe yeah. that's what it means. Hmm. Okay. I'll, I'll table that one for now then. Uh, content marketing. I, I, I lumped that one together with SEO. Uh, oh, content marketing though. Well, no. Yeah. That, that would be like, I think to me that would look like uh, filming tutorials and writing more tutorial blog posts and uh making more content to, to help people solve these problems. That one, that one feels good. That feels like a, a there's a lot of experiments I could be doing there. Uh, integration marketing is sort of what we're talking about with this uh, getting in different app stores. Uh, the more things I'm integrated with, the more app stores I'm, the more app stores I'm ranked in. And a lot of these app stores are tiny. There's just like a, a hundred apps. So that feels like potentially low hanging fruit. Uh, so Content marketing and integration marketing, I think, are the, the two on this list that I'm, I'm currently most excited about. Uh, email marketing, I'm not quite sure how that would be different than cold email. I guess if I had, like, free content leads, that's sort of what Audience Ops was doing. They they, uh, they could get people on my email list if they asked for a free PDF that is like a PDF guide. That's just, it doesn't quite resonate with me, though, of... I don't know a compelling list of emails that I can send people to help them with receiving files. It, it's sort of like a one and done, like you, you do it and you're done. It might be easier if I niched down more and could talk about, I don't know, let me send you my free guide to encrypting documents or something. And then that leads to, oh, you can send encrypted documents with file in the box. Uh, that one feels hazier. Um, guest posting, which, oh, I guess being a guest uh, podcaster is not on this list. Uh, I don't like that. I don't know what post I would do. I guess if I go to accounting blogs and was like, here's a, here's a guest post I've written for your blog about how to send files. Uh, that, that also feels kind of smarmy. 
Uh, and then last one, engineering is marketing, our favorite method of marketing. I just want to code all day, make new features. Uh, something, the, the, I, the thing I talked about last week of uh, the dude from Veed recommended uh, implementing the feature to convert documents. That feels like it would be in this in this category of engineering is marketing that like if making new features and then I could advertise them in, in this different content way. Uh, that feels the most fun. And that I think is the only thing that I've done uh, in, in marketing uh, consistently because I enjoy it the most. That's the whole list of all of the different marketing channels you can do. What stood out to you in that list? Yeah, so I wrote down a bunch of things so you uh, excel at doing stuff like engineering as marketing and stuff like that and not quite as much at cold calling and stuff. So no, um, yeah. Um, affiliates were interesting to me, although it would mean you talking to people. But so there are probably people, for example, who like specialize in setting up law firms with all the stuff they need to do online. Could you cold email, which you hate doing, cold email the people who, uh, you know, like set up law firms with stuff. I don't even know if this is a thing, but it's probably a thing. Um, <laughs> you know could you find like 10 of those firms and email them and ask if they have a file sending thing and if they would be interested in being affiliates for you mm -hmm. um you don't have to set up a whole affiliate program to get like one person to resell your stuff mm -hmm. so it might be worth reaching out until you get at least one person on the phone who's like this seems interesting um but that is exactly what you are not uh good at or or what you don't enjoy the next thing i think the the integration stuff is very interesting so if you can first talk to people who've done integrations and then do at least one integration somewhere um, I think that's that's probably way more in your wheelhouse and, and more likely to get done. Um, like ads are interesting, but they're they're tricky for the same all the reasons you're talking about. You you are you're a niche product in that you're just about files, but you are a horizontally niche product. It means you you're just doing file sending, but you're across any industry. Mm -hmm. And so I think it'd be tricky to do ads for that because like you could probably do Google AdWords for you know something very specific like how do i add you know a file upload box to my website or something mm -hmm. like um that um and then what else oh the other thing is you could combine a couple of these if for example you you made a landing page just for sign printers about how to you know how to make a file upload box for your sign printing website mm -hmm. and then ran ads to that for very specific niche things mm -hmm. so you could combine a couple of things that way yeah so i think what i'm saying is the integrations that that's that's a good option i think um and then maybe like doing a you could combine a couple of these things by doing some very specific either content or or pages just for specific verticals and then drive very specific google ads uh to, to those pages cool yeah okay I, oh, I, I have a whole other one too, which is you talked yeah. about affiliate or offline events or conferences. Um, mm -hmm. I can't remember which Y Combinator event it was, but something, but, uh, but one of the online videos, I'll try to link to it, was like for some, for some businesses, the thing that it makes the most sense to do is like find where your users go to conferences, which is probably like in, you know, Lincoln, Nebraska, and go there. Yeah. <laughs> and they had a very specific way they did it. Like you email the conference organizers to get the list of companies that are going to be there. You try to set up meetings before you even get there. And then you spend all day in meetings, just like, mm -hmm. you know, asking jobs to be done kind of questions. Plus like, you know, will you use my thing basically? Mm -hmm. I, I don't think you would enjoy that, but I think it'd be very fruitful for your type of app. It seems like that wouldn't be worthwhile i do have a 500 dollars a month plan though so like if i if i did a conference like that and i got one customer at 500 dollars a month that would be worth it 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 would blow my mind if that if if i could figure out a way to make that work um i also don't know that i would want for that to work <laughs> <laughs> Like, what would happen if I realized, oh, man, I can grow this business 25% per month if I am traveling for half the month? Hmm. I don't know that that's a business I would want to be running. I don't... I like traveling for fun, but, like, I don't want to have to travel. One of my... Uh, one of the, the cool things that happened to me in uh, 
traveling to Microsoft Europe, I ended up being on the same plane as Mike Tabor. And the plane that we were on had some sort of a mechanical malfunction. Uh, passengers reported that there was smoke coming from the cockpit. I still don't know what happened. But midway through the flight, the plane turned around and went straight back to the airport I came from in London. And Mike was telling me about how much he has flown. He, he has been on something like in, in the thousands of flights uh, and at one point in his life was flying for 200 days a year. Uh, and he, he showed me his Marriott app and his Marriott app has like 600 logged nights that he's spent in Marriott's. And I was like, oh my God, he's at like the super platinum diamond thing. <laughs> when, when he goes and stays at a Marriott, they're like, oh my gosh, Mike, welcome back. Here is your free gift and here is your robe and here are your chocolates. <laughs> and, uh, but he, he was describing what it was like doing all this traveling and I found myself feeling sad that I would not want to be doing that. Uh, so I think I want to table that one for now. Um, several several good takeaways from this, though, of like, I like framing, making new files as engineering as marketing. Uh, I like I like having a word for integration marketing. Um, and I think there's, I think there's ground to be gained in, in content marketing. And then some sort of a hybrid of like making landing pages for verticals and then doing either display ads or AdWords or Facebook ads uh, that could also be videos for, for those verticals. So good. Uh, this is clarifying. I think uh, I'm, I'm going to come to you next week with experiments for uh, the, the ones of those that feel the most tenable of, of experiments that I'd like to do. And I especially like, noting that I don't I don't need to actually do the work. I could run an experiment that's just doing initial research for that thing. So like engineering is marketing uh, or no, in, integration marketing, making a making a plugin for each of these stores. The experiment does not have to look like I made the plugin. The experiment could look like I want to talk to people who have done this plugin and I have a, an easy way to, to get in that. Okay, cool. This feels good. This is very clarifying. Um, and I feel like I've got some juicy work to get done and I'm excited that I I'm home and have the bandwidth and the desk to do those experiments. All right. Well, that sounds good. I'm excited cool. to see what you come up with for next week. Thank you. So am I. And likewise. Chris, that's all I got. That's all I got too. Then I'll see you next week. Goodbye.